the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the uh, third half of our three-hour tour and the second half of my conversation with 48th District State House uh, candidate Sherry Cross. Sherry, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, Just before uh, we had to go to break, we were talking a little bit about... uh, um, well, we had talked a little bit about immigration, but you, then we switched and started talking yeah. about the uh, Line 5. And you were talking in support of um, an idea which hasn't been talked about uh, uh, since the governor and the attorney general have um, taken a variety of steps to try and shut the line down altogether, and that was uh, encasing the line in a secondary tunnel. Yes. Yes, it would be a tunnel that would be, see, originally this pipeline was only supposed to be good for, I think they said, what, 60 years? It's like 70, 75 or 78 years old. And the tunnel, which I, what my idea is, is that this tunnel would be under the bedrock and encased in the tunnel would be the pipeline. The cool thing about this tunnel is that engineers would be able to get down in there, do maintenance, do whatever's got to be done because it would be like what they would call smart tunnel. There would be sensors and everything that would be just making sure that nothing's leaking, nothing's broke, and you would never have to worry about another anchor drag or anchor drop. And evidently, they just got damaged just recently from another anchor drag. Like, what the heck? How is it that ships can't seem to drop their anchor without hitting that pipeline? I mean, it's just underneath the Mackinac Bridge. Didn't think it was that, you know. I mean, just what's the chances that would happen a second time? So, but yeah, they need this. They need a tunnel, and it would be something that's not going to last just ten, twenty, thirty years, but a generation or longer, because they could always be maintenance. But you know, if they shut it down, you do realize that the cost of gas is going to go sky high, because there's no other good way of getting that oil from up north down to the refinery. Now, it seems to me to be a, a logical solution to encase the pipeline 
um, as you suggest, in a tunnel where workers could have access to the pipeline and the pipeline would be protected from things like anchor drops and, and, and just the aging and corrosion that happens with pipes, especially pipes running through water. But um, there there's, was talk about once the tunnel was uh, uh, under construction that they would look at some other infrastructure things to include in that tunnel, um, power and communication cables and, and so mm-hmm. on. And some people thought that that posed additional risk, that it was one thing to double seal the pipe, uh, the pipeline, but um, to add those other infrastructure elements that close to an oil pipeline might uh, actually take us closer to a possible accident. Um, what What is your thought on that? Okay, so then don't build a tunnel. What's the other alternative? What's the other, yeah, what's the other alternative? Because what's gonna co- what is the cost going to be should another acre drag, but this time rips the pipe open, how much is it going to cost to clean that mess up in the lakes? Think of the damage, environmental damage. I think that they should go with the, the encasement under the bedrock. And if they got people who are building it and know what they're doing, there shouldn't be an issue. My guest is Sherry Cross. She's a Republican running for the 48th district seat in the uh, Michigan House of Representatives. Sherry, what are some of the uh, the other issues that uh, that you've taken positions on and, and that you would like to be working on should you end up in Lansing? Well, one of them, I am still wanting to get an ombudsman's office open locally for our our veterans. I keep running into these veterans who are on the street, homeless, hungry, um, I just bought one some lunch the other day. I've, I have a heart for our homeless veterans, but I want to get an ombudsman's office open. So when, in, when an ombudsman is notified that there's a veteran who's on the street asking for food, that we get him off the street, get him a place to eat, place to sleep, and start getting him back on his feet. The other thing I want to work on is we've got, in my district alone, we've got two locations with PFAS, uh, uh that's gotten toxic into the water. It's uh, I don't know if anybody knows about the PFAS issue, but at the Richfield landfill, which has since gone bankrupt, there's a one being held accountable, and the PFAS has leaked down into the ground and got into the water where there's a community next to it, and those people got sick. And then I found out there's a second location up on uh, North Dort Highway at Speedway. And I'm still trying to find out who owns that. Someone has to be held accountable. This has got to get cleaned up. The problem with that is when the PFAS gets into the drinking water, the ponds and streams, it has now infected any animal that drinks out of it. So hunters get told, oh, don't go hunting over here. Don't eat. Don't eat the meat of any animals you shoot over here because they're, you know, they've got the PFAS in them. And it's toxic. And I don't, I don't even hear anybody talking about that. Um, well, there have been some people that have talked about it a little bit, but generally, not done uh, nothing about it. Um, but generally, about regulation to um, avoid further contamination, not so much about mitigation. And mitigation is expensive. How do you how do you mitigate um, 
things yeah. like PFAS and, and lead in drinking water um, without raising additional revenue. You know, it's the same, same situation as our water crisis. You know, getting toxic water. No, I, I just, what I was looking at is, as bad as it is, if there's any way that they could get it cleaned up, who's responsible for that? Because it just can't be left laying there. If they already know that it's seeped into the land and the dirt and the water, and you get people that live there in a community, and that's where they were getting their water from, and they got sick. And, know oh, it's going to cost a lot of money, and, like, Michigan isn't already in the, in the red now. Is that something that government should, uh, should do and oversee, or should that be up to uh, the businesses that, that originally uh, used the products that contaminated the, the land and, and Well, waterways? I would want to go after the landowner who, who was responsible for it, but the issue with the Richfield landfill is that they went bankrupt, and then they just, nothing. They got nothing, so... Can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. I would want to make the people responsible who owned it for the cleanup, but they went. Like I said they went bank, filed bankruptcy, and it's the, the the garbage is all still there. And there's a community of people that live there that are still there. So. Are you? Um, it, it looks like this, uh, at least for the primary, and quite possibly in November as well that voters are going to be encouraged to vote by mail. And um, we saw uh, several smaller elections around the state in May that experienced much larger than expected voter participation. Um, do you think voting by mail is, is uh, a good thing, a bad thing, um, uh, fair, safe, etc.? Absolutely not. No way, no how. I see one guy that got seven, seven voters registration applications to a house that he was renting. I myself, this is crazy, I myself a few years ago had three voters registration cards that were all legal. They were mine under my maiden name, my first married name, my second married name. Currently, two of them are still active. Even though I've tried to get the state to, look, this is the same person, just just move it. No, because there's too much of a risk for voter fraud, and I don't believe it's legal to, uh, you know, to force people to vote by mail. I don't want to go that route. I'll put my mask on, I'll put my rubber gloves on, and I will go and vote in person. The... Um The August primary is coming up fairly quickly, and I always want to make sure and give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign and the things you stand for. Sherry, do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's uh, Just type in www.sherrycross2020.org. Now, Sherry's spelled with an I, not a Y. Gotcha. SherryCross.org, did you say? Yes. Okay. Um, and then do you have uh, position statements and things uh, on that website? Yes, I do, and where I stand on the issue. Now, I'll tell you, I would have to rewrite everything. When I originally put that up, this was when the economy was on fire, blazing hot, and everything was going good. 
So my responses were to all at the time when that was going on. And I've had some people jump on me saying, hey, you're saying the economy's up fire. No, it's not. But like, it was when it was written. And that was how <laughs> I felt at the time. Things changed kind of suddenly, didn't they, Sherry? They sure did. I mean, someone dropped a brick wall right in front of me and said, good luck finding your way around this one. But I did. Um. What are uh, just in the in the three or so minutes that we have uh, left, Sherry? What are some thoughts that you would want to share with uh, prospective voters to know a little better about what you bring to the table and what you plan to do when you get to Lansing? Well, what I bring to the table, and this is what I basically—it's also my slogan—is kitchen table issues, the everyday everyday issues that affect us here at home and I also bring common sense just to, I I'm in the middle being a Republican I, I kind of find myself a, a fiscal conservative but I've actually been somebody rated me on online as a moderate but I, I am in the middle I can see all the way around and I am willing to work with people who are reasonable who want to sit down and come up with a solution you know, I don't want to be in a yelling, screaming match. I just want to sit down and come. Because for every problem, there's a solution. You just got to sit down and work it out. And well, I'm willing to do that. And and Republic, Republicans generally say, and the solution isn't more money. No, the solution isn't always more money. But <laughs> the situation that we're in right now, I mean, I signed a, a vow not to raise taxes. But that was also before the pandemic hit. How are we going to get the state, you know, out of the debt that we've got ourselves dug into if they don't raise taxes? And I don't even want to think of it. But common sense says that's what's going to happen. Um, and, and, and what do you think your first thing would be that you would want to work on in Lansing? want to make sure that this pipeline work is getting started and not been delayed. That would be number one. Then I want to work on our veterans, getting the ombudsman for our, our veterans here locally, and then also getting the emergency animal rescue center open. It'll be open 24-7 to all of the 501c3 registered uh, animal rescue groups. Uh, not going to be affiliated with the pound. Just a final thought on the uh, on the pipeline, Sherry. Do you think we should go back to um, the original contract that was uh, agreed to and signed by uh, former Governor Rick Snyder? Yes, I think we should. Okay. Well, Sherry, yeah. thanks so much for <laughs> spending time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Best of luck to you, Sherry. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Sherry Cross. She is a Republican running in the uh, August primary for the 48th district uh, seat in the Michigan House of Representatives, currently held by incumbent Cheryl Kennedy, who is running for re-election. We're going to talk to um, a uh, another Republican running in that primary who has also served on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners. David Martin joins me after we let our broadcast partners at 92.1 FM squeeze a few words in edgewise. 
if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And we'll return with David Martin right after this. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program is hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. In fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poison mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fractured skull. 
she will need her mushrooms. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversations with candidates for the 48th district seat in the Michigan House of Representatives. Joining me now is uh, uh, a Republican who uh, served on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners and is now a candidate in the primary for this seat. He joins me by phone, David Martin. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Sorry I can't be sitting in the studio or at the White Horse with you doing this, but glad to talk to you. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun? And I, and I hope to get armchair politics back out and about uh, when it's uh, when it's safe and uh, a little more convenient than it is now. But uh, in the meantime, we're doing these uh, interviews by phone, and I appreciate you taking part in this one today. Why the move from, you know, you were pretty safe sitting there on the county board of commissioners and uh, doing good work. Why move on to Lansing? That is very true. I, and I would have been very happy to continue to serve the 9th District as commissioner, and uh, my part-time job at Mott. Uh, I have to give up both if I go to Lansing. Uh, so it's a big decision, but uh, I just feel the values of uh, our uh, how the House District are not being reflected by current representation. And in saying that, um, that, of course, uh, brings up, well, we're going to get into all of that with regard to issues, but I want to talk a little bit about the different nature of campaigning under uh, COVID-19, as you mentioned, we're not in a studio together. Um, you can't exactly go knocking on doors, David. How is this going to be different than uh, other campaigns or, or than what your campaign would have been had we not been under these uh, state orders from the governor? Well, I'll tell you right now, um, I have knocked on doors. People are very receptive, especially since the primary race. So people I'm talking to are getting out for the primary, so they're, they're typical uh, a majority times they'll revolt, vote in the Republican primary. Um, but it's outdoors. Um, you know, you go up to the house. Some people don't open their, their door wide, um, it, but still they're not upset that you're there. They're actually kind of glad to hear that. They want to participate in a normal environment and a normal society. And going the door-to-door and meeting a candidate, um, it's amazing how many times I go. I, I'm so glad a candidate uh, talked to me. Um, and how that translates into uh, uh, votes in the future, because you actually stopped at their house. So I, I'm i not going to say you can't go knock on doors, because uh, especially in the primary, when you're going to uh, favorable uh, uh, you know, doors, um, they're quite pleased to see you. I've not had a poor reaction yet. And when you say that, you're, you're pre-screening the doors you're going to go to as people who generally vote in um, uh, primary elections and tend to vote Republican? That, that's correct. You know, I want to get the primary out of the way, get uh, uh, people out to the primary, um, and then also get the message out for uh, what we're going to do in Lansing. And when you say out to the primary, um, I've been talking with other candidates uh, for this and other offices about the nature of uh, uh, increased absentee voting as passed by uh, Michigan voters, but also um, as being recommended by the Secretary of State. We're actually um, being asked to vote by mail. And in May, we saw an increase in participation in the uh, handful of races that, that were held in May. 
Um, do you think there's going to be a, uh, a large turnout because of voting by mail? And do you favor the voting by mail? Do you think it's fair and safe and so on? Uh, I, I believe that you have to show a valid ID to get your, your ballot. Um, that, that would be uh, one thing. So uh, changing that type of rule would be difficult. Um, the May one with a handful of uh, uh, and no other option other than the mail-in, I don't think is a good uh, indicator of how it would turn out long term for uh, a future um, uh, you know, poll attendance. But I do think that um, um, if you can stand in line at, uh, waiting for to turn your bottles, if you can stand <laughs> in line for anything else, you, know, um, you can stand in line to vote. Uh, that's, that's just ludicrous that you can't and still be safe with uh, social distancing and masks. Um, and, you know, a little bit of uh, sanitation, you know, in between whether they use the same ink pen or something, things can be sanitized. Um, so I don't know why we wouldn't uh, vote in person. And, I, and the absentee ballots, when you request an absentee ballot, statistics show that the same number of absentee ballots are returned as people that show up to vote. So if the voter turnout is, uh, you know, way low like it has been in the past, 26%, you know, 30%, uh, that's the same as the, the returns on the absentee ballot. So I don't think it'd be that much of an impact. Um, and and what are the things that you think you can do in Lansing that you couldn't do in the county commission down on Saginaw Street? Um, in, in Lansing, uh, there's a lot more things to do, um, um, you know, as far as impacts, not just in your local community that we do here in the commission, but when you make a decision in Lansing, it goes statewide. So you can make uh, things that are cultural and, and societal type uh, changes, uh, whether it's uh, what, what the uh, uh, school boards are doing, uh, which I want to remain local, um, or whether the funding uh, is uh, appropriate tax-wise, uh, what the corporate tax structure is to uh, attract businesses uh, to Michigan. Whereas in a commission, we can tout everything that's great about Genesee County, our I-69, I-75 corridor, our rail, um, our airport. Uh, we can talk all those things, but we can't. Um, other than some local tax abatements, we really can't attract businesses here without the major um, business environment that the state can do. And with this being a presidential uh, campaign year, um, of course, uh, voter turnout is usually higher, you know, every four years. But mm -hmm. um, Republicans, there are Republicans that are running alongside the president. There are some that are trying to distance themselves. There are some candidates like uh, U.S. Uh, Senate candidate John James that are trying to do both. Um, <laughs> um, where do you fit on that continuum? Well, uh, first of all, I'm running my race. I mean, that's not to say... Uh, pro or con for the, the president. I think the president has done great for our economy, which translates into uh, Michigan jobs. So I'm not going to be uh, um, uh, against any of that. Uh, but I am running my race and trying to do it uh, locally. Uh, Donald Trump did take 54% of uh, the vote in uh, um, the House District for the 8th House District in 2016. Um, anecdotally, my numbers seem the same. We haven't had any official polling yet, uh, but it feels good. Um, I think people are upset with uh, Lansing decisions on the executive level, and so they're uh, they're more happy with uh, the changes that the uh, and moving and opening business that the uh, president has. So it's not a negative uh, for, for Donald Trump to be the top of the ticket at all. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the Democrat Party seems to be playing a lot of politics with it. The Ma the Michigan De um, Democratic Party chairwoman quoted right in early June, "If you support Donald Trump." You are a racist. I asked our Representative Kennedy if she would denounce that, 
on her Facebook page, or she believed that, because 54% of her constituents voted for Donald Trump. So um, I think being a supporter of Donald Trump, you know, at least for his policies, uh, has not been uh, hurtful for our district. Do you have um, a, a favorite to um, replace you in the, in the county commission race, or, or do you want to avoid that? No, I have uh, openly, uh, and uh, we have a school board member, uh, young man, uh, Matthew Smith, that uh, has uh, one in our school district, which is a vast majority of the ninth uh, commission uh, households anyway. And, um, you know, he has, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be graduating from U of M Flint. He's done uh, amazing things with the, uh, uh, just with community involvement. Uh, he's active. He's aware of things. He knows his business. He has questions, uh, visited uh, things like animal control to make sure he understands how that business works. Um, I mean, he is, and I, he comes to me for questions. So I'm very hopeful that he continues to do that and what I've been successful with and, and how things have uh, uh, worked on the board and relationships. It's all about relationships when you're in a minority like that. And, he's, um, and I he's, think he's a good candidate for it. And, and he's um, running as a, uh, as a Republican um, unopposed in this uh, August primary. Um, is it your belief that, that a Republican uh, can and, and will take that seat um here's my little uh saying i've said for uh, the last two elections when uh i was the first republican ever elected since we've had a board of commissioners uh, since 1969 and uh, in I that said, district uh, in that in that district yes right and, and i said um uh what that shows is the conservative values of family um of, uh, all the conservative values small government uh, that people have wanted and want, um, but they've always voted the Democrat, uh, I, whether it's a union or whatever reason, um, they're now knowing it's safe to come out of the closet and vote conservative on the Republican Party. So, yes, yeah, the Republican can win. Now, I was talking with, uh, with your opponent in the Republican primary, Sherry Cross, uh, earlier, and she had some strong feelings about the uh, Line 5. Um, which is uh, an issue that the governor and the attorney general, both Democrats, have uh, they've gone after uh, Enbridge and, and tried to get them to shut that pipeline down permanently. And they've fought uh, against the contract signed by former Governor Rick Snyder to basically encapsulate the pipeline in a larger tunnel to protect it from potential damage, etc., um, what, what's your take on, on that wrestling match? Line 5 needs to be buried and needs to be constructed now. It should have been already. Why the governor and the attorney general are holding it up, trying to stop the whole thing and not even going under the bedrock is ludicrous for Michigan. Uh, it won't bring the petroleum down here for the energy for the jobs. It won't bring the energy down here for uh, our airports. Uh, it won't bring energy down here for manufacturing uh, vehicles. Um, and uh, it just it makes no sense to not have it. I mean, what's your option? To truck uh, dozens and dozens and hundreds of uh, trucks across the Mackinac Bridge? Um, I sure hope we wouldn't have a terrorism attack with the, all those trucks crossing the Mackinac Bridge. Um, but the big thing is, the real big thing, of course, the energy for continued jobs down here, but the real big thing is building it itself. Enbridge has promised it to be Michigan-built, and we need those jobs, and Genesee County is chopping at the bits to get people up there and working on it and 
what about the state's uh, budget going forward, David? Uh, what happens when the bills from coronavirus or COVID-19 come due? Well, you know, I hear a lot about federal taxes, federal support. Um, there's 50 states that are going to need that. And the other 49, um, some of them are going to be worse than in, in our situation. Some of them are worse uh, managed than our situation. Um, and federal taxes shouldn't bail out mismanagement. So we've got to make sure that whatever we do with our budget is absolute best and as clean as possible, uh, taking care of services that are needed. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to look hard at our own budget cuts um, to make sure that uh, we look good as, as well as well-managed quality management of our funds so that we could be in line if there were a potential um, you know, windfall from the federal government. Now, as you look forward uh, to going to Lansing um, as the, the 48th District representative, what are the things that you want to accomplish there? Are, is there a particular issue? Some, you know, some candidates are real big on a particular issue. Some have a laundry list. Do you have uh, a, a list of things that, that you would like to try to accomplish when you get there? Sure. There's, uh, of course, I, I do, and and I, I want to make sure that uh, our job stimulus um, is um, right size for the for the state. That we're making sure that uh, business taxes are right sized uh, so that we can attract businesses here. Uh, want to take full advantage of the new uh, UCF, uh, US MCA uh, agreement for the trade between Mexico and Canada, uh, sitting right here on I-69, uh, access to port um, over in. Uh, uh, on the St. Clair River, uh, out to the oceans and global, uh, using our rail, using our expressway systems down to Chicago and eventually down to Mexico. There's so many things I want to make sure that we're ideally suited for and we, and we can uh, leverage that. So jobs in line five, uh, building that would be a big part of that to show people that, yes, we have the energy here, uh, cheap energy, reliable energy, uh, that you can build manufacturing here and uh, make a go of it with no problem. Um, and then, of course, uh, one thing that I've always been uh, uh, big on is our uh, veteran support. I make sure the counties uh, are well supported with uh, um, our staffing and so forth at, at the county level. But that goes to making sure that the MVAA at the state level is taking veterans seriously and making sure that uh, the resources available are shared and known. I want to make sure that, especially here in Genesee County, that we have as many veterans as possible knowing what their benefits are and be able to take advantage of that because Michigan's always been on the low end of uh, VA money being returned to our uh, veterans and retirees. Um, how much bigger geographically is the 48th state house seat compared to the 9th district you've been serving? Well, it's, it's, it's not that much uh, different uh, in, in some scopes uh, because uh, currently Davidson, Richfield, and Forest Townships um, are all included that in about a third, maybe a little more than a third of Genesee Township included in that also. Uh, the 48th State House would include all of Genesee Township and add uh, uh, Vienna, Thetford, and uh, Mount Rose across the uh, northern side of Genesee County into uh, what I've already uh, been serving as the county commissioner for. So a large population of it is already there, um, and it picks up a little more rural, uh, a little more farming, uh, a little more, uh, uh, a lot of more small business type oriented, uh, family style, uh, mom and pop shops that we might make sure that they're 
well well taken care of in this current COVID situation. And, and not to throw uh, Governor Whitmer under the bus, but it looks like any plans that, that she had to try and get uh, uh, the damn roads fixed has um, somewhat succumbed to floods in mid-Michigan and the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, what what can we do going forward? You mentioned some infrastructure uh, projects that would be helpful to jobs and production in Michigan. How do we fund those things when revenue's been down and uh, expenses uh, are, have been up? Well, for one thing, you, you can't, uh, you know, you got to now look at it with the COVID lens, of course, because some of the money that could have been used to fix the roads are now going to have to just balance the budget uh, for losses. Um, getting people back to work, getting the sales taxes back open, they should have been uh, uh, roaring uh, a while ago. Uh, you know, we get uh, a lot of headache from uh, uh, people saying, oh, Operation Gridlock, why'd you go do that? You just want your hair cut. No, we wanted those small businesses, and my barber needs, well, he still has his, uh, consumer bill coming for uh like his water bill he still pays the uh, uh business rate for, for water bills those came in regardless was open or not so get the sales tax revenue going um would be a, a great start uh and of course people back to work and they got to be encouraged to go to work and not stay on unemployment because we need that income tax to balance the uh the budget um but there's other things that we could have spent on the roads that we're going to have now divert to, for the budget shortages things like uh reducing how much we spend on corporate welfare that didn't return a lot of money on investment. You'll promise $40,000 for every, uh, you know, dollar spent and type that. That's extreme, but you know, they promise of how much money is going to return for uh, MEDC products is a classic example and never, never materialized. So we can divert some of that money to roads. Now it's going to go to budget deficit. Um, Indian gaming, looking at how Indian gaming, gaming uh, money is spent and and directed Uh, that could have, has to be looked at. Um, and then we'll have to delay funding some other programs. And, of course, uh, layoffs for state-level workers is going to also uh, come into play. Uh, that money could have gone to roads, and we could have done it uh, without uh, raising taxes. But now we've got a, a budget crunch coming with it, too. And, and speaking of budget crunches, uh, the Genesee County uh, Board of Commissioners was in pretty good shape fina- financially not very long ago. And then all of a sudden... We start hearing about legacy costs and problems with that budget. Um, and like I said, it, it wasn't so long ago that they were in pretty good shape financially, especially compared to cities and, and villages that uh, had lost revenue sharing to the state. Um, is there a state fix for the uh, the problems that the county might be facing? Um, probably not, unless, unless we fail completely and the state came in. And then legally, I don't know what they can do for the health care um, uh, changes anyway, because that's where the real hit is. You know, when you say it used to look good, it looked good on paper because the uh, general practices of accounting um, barely mentioned these health care uh, things. They were usually in a footnote. Uh, the rules changed that it had to be brought out uh, and, and published in the uh, our, our audits. And it really not then showed uh, a reflection of how much deficit there was for us taking care of. Uh, the uh, the outstanding health care program our retirees have for life. So um, when you look at that, um, we never were in that great a standing. We did have a good bond rating, which enables to us to uh, uh, function well to make sure that you know our uh, infrastructure that's collapsing on our, our older buildings in the county that we own uh, could be looked at and maintained. 
way we took care of the animal control and made it. Our animal control is better than the nursing homes that we're talking about uh, for the COVID uh, deaths here in Genesee County, 43%. Our animal control is an intake and an outtake side, different air handling. We better control disease spread in our animal control than what uh, is happening in our nursing homes when they place a COVID uh, patient in there. So those types of things we spent money on um, and, and improves the whole county and our services. Um, that was just because of our bond rating. Uh, but this health care cost is going to be huge, and it's going to have to be taken care of by law. I mean, we have a legal obligation to make sure it continues. David, as you know, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign and the things that we've been talking about. Do you have a website? Yes, uh, of course. Uh, um, everything is uh, you can find real easy but just by searching uh, Martin for Michigan. That's the number four, Martin for Michigan, whether it's martinformichigan.com or the Facebook page, Martin for Michigan. Um, you should be able to find everything you need and more than happy to have people uh, sign up for the team. And, and David, we've got about three minutes left, and um, I, w- I want to give you an opportunity to just, uh, you know, make your case to listeners uh, about your uh, background and what you hope to do, and, uh, and, and before, in case we run out of time midway in your answer, <laughs> I want to thank you for taking time out to, to join me this morning. Okay, I, I won't try to bore anybody and, and have them turn out for your show either. So, uh, yeah, there's there's just a stark difference between uh, myself and the representation we have in Lansing right now. Uh, we'd like to keep the majority in the House so we can maintain the values that are representative in the 48th State House uh, statewide, uh, make uh, uh, advancements in, in, in job creation and so forth that, that was going so well uh, before the uh, COVID crisis. Um, you know, there's the stark difference I talk about for values of uh uh, in the, you know, family values, uh, you know, I'm endorsed by right to life and I'm pro-life. My uh, opponent uh, in the in the general election would be, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood supported. You know, I'm for the energy, uh, cheap energy, available energy, and my opponent is uh, supported by Sierra Club, um, which uh, does not go to the values that we need to make things move forward in, in Genesee County and, and take advantage of, of, of the roaring economy that's going to come back. Uh, here in uh, early 2021, hopefully. So, you know, there's, there's more in, on, on my web, uh, website and Facebook. Keep that updated all the time. And more than happy to answer anybody's questions anytime. Well, David, thanks again for spending time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. It's always good to talk with you. Thank you. It's always good to talk to you, Tom. And best of luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, David Martin. He's been uh, serving on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners as uh, the 9th District Representative. He is in the Republican primary to um, take on the winner of the Democratic primary, uh, which might be the incumbent, Cheryl uh, Kennedy, or her opponent, Andalib Odalate. Um, Sherry Cross is uh, his opponent in the uh, in the primary coming up in August, and uh, I just want to say thanks to all of them. Um, we're looking at uh, several other races. We've uh, already done the 34th district and all the candidates in that primary. There are five on the Democratic side, and um, we're going to be looking at the 50th district 
later this week. So I hope you'll tune in for those. In the meantime, if you're listening to us on 92.1 FM, our voices radio, WFOV in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with the final hey, segment right after this. This is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a book written called Psychological Studies of Famous Americans, and it examines from a psychological viewpoint uh, Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant and uh, Walt Whitman, people like this, and tries to explain in terms of psychology why these people acted the way they did, that they really did not act from... uh, from valor or anything else, that there were deep psychological problems these people had, and that's why they reacted the way they did. One person they skipped that I thought would be a great subject for analysis, if they had analysis when he was around, was uh, Ben Franklin. I think he... (laughs) I think this man is ripe for analysis. So this is uh, Ben's analyst. And he's in a typical analyst's office. He has a a desk and a chair and a couch and an intercom. Yeah, uh, who who, uh, who is it, Murray? Ben Ben Franklin. Um, Can I uh, can I duck him, Murray? (laughs) He's he's standing right there in the office. He's, he's dripping all over the rugs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, send him in, Mary. Uh, uh, Mary, how, how's he doing on his account? Uh, th- three months behind, huh? Yeah, he's, he's thrifty, all right, Mary. All right, send him in, send him in. Well, hi, hi there, Ben. How are you today? Good. Ben, you want to you wanna lie down on the couch there? Uh, ben, you want to put some papers down on the couch so... Don't uh, don't get the couch all wet. Well, I'd I'd say from the looks of our clothes, we've been uh, flying the kite again in the rainstorm, right, Ben? <laughs> okay, Ben. Um, we copied down our dreams, did we? Mm-hmm. You you didn't have to. It's the same one. You're you're walking down the street. And you, you find a half dollar, and your face is on it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sick, Ben, you know that? <laughs> 
Washington has the same dream, only he sees his face on paper. Huh? You want to you want to give George my number, uh, Ben? Okay, Ben. Let's let's see if we can't get to the bottom of this kite fixation thing. Um, the uh, the lightning knocked you down again, uh, did it, Ben? You're, you're not surprised by that, though, are you? I mean, you, you expect it to knock you down, don't you? <laughs> you know, Ben, uh, you being a founding father and all, you know, it, uh, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence in people to see a, you know, a grown man flying a kite, you know? <laughs> it's too bad it, it, it isn't something a little more private, you know, you could, you could do in the privacy of your own room, like uh, spinning a top, you know, <laughs> some, something like that. You ever, ever thought of spinning a top, Ben? Wouldn't, wouldn't knock you down. Hmm? That's, that's important to you, is it, Ben? Hmm? Okay, let, let me see if I have the picture now, Ben. Uh, you're flying your kite, all right, Ben? And you're letting out the string. Everything's the same as usual. There's, there's something different this time. You, you use strips of cloth for the tail. Red, white, and blue strips of cloth. Where'd, uh, where'd you get the red, white, and blue strips of cloth, Ben? From, from Betsy Ross. She, she's got plenty of it. She, she's up to wearing it, Ben? Now, uh, Be uh, Betsy gave you the cloth, did she, Ben? You, you took the cloth. A, a penny saved is a penny earned. Why, uh, why didn't you ask uh, Betsy for the cloth, Ben? She thinks you're a sissy because you wear bows on your shoes. And, and she chased you down the street yelling, you're not thrifty, you're cheap. She, uh, she could have something there, Ben. Not, nothing, nothing, Ben. Mm -hmm. why, uh, why didn't you uh, pay Betsy uh, for, for the cloth, Ben? Keep what is dear to you if, if you would prosper. Mm -hmm. Ben, I, I think we can get a lot more done if, if you drop the little homilies after each, uh, <laughs> each statement. Ben, we don't seem to be getting anywhere with it, with a kite thing. Uh, let's switch to something else. How how are the inventions uh, coming along, Ben? You you got lucky this morning. You you don't have to wear your bifocals anymore. The the lightning fused your glasses to your eyeballs. <laughs> What, uh, what are you going to call them, Ben? Con contact lenses. <laughs> ben, I, I, uh, I sure would like to be more optimistic about your condition, but i um, <laughs> afraid I'm going to have to recommend a shock treatment, Ben. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to do it because there are always uh, undesirable side effects. Well, what, what we do, Ben, is uh, we stick you inside the Liberty Bell and, uh, and we, <coughs> we uh, ring, ring it a couple times, you know. 
Well, uh, the problem is you, you, you quiver for about two or three years, you see. <laughs> ben, I'm afraid our time is almost up. We'll see you uh, next, next Thursday, then. Right. Goodbye, Ben. You get him, Mary? He ran out, ran out already, huh? <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Bob Newhart in the Comedy Spotlight wrapping things up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I'd like to thank uh, my co-host, Andrea Sutton, uh, from this morning. She'll be back with us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Also, uh, our uh, caller, we open the phone lines during the first hour of the show at 810-339-8255. Thanks for uh, Bob from Grand Blanc, who is now Bob from Davison, for... uh, calling in this morning. It was great hearing from him. It's been uh, quite a while since uh, Bob called in and shared his thoughts, and I hope he'll continue to do so, and I hope you will too at 810-339-8255. Thanks to my featured guests, we focused on the uh, uh, State House of Representatives here in Michigan uh, from the 48th District, which uh, is currently held by incumbent Cheryl Kennedy. She and uh, her challenger in the Democratic primary coming up in August, and Alib Odolate. I want to thank both of them for being on the show this morning. And also uh, the Republicans, Sherry Cross and David Martin. David Martin, a former uh, county uh, commissioner from the 9th District who uh, wants to move on to Lansing. And I want to thank both of them for being part of the show. We're going to continue to try and uh, look at as many of the races that have contests in the August primary. Now, if somebody's running unopposed in the primary, we're, we're going to wait and, and talk to them during the general. But where there are contests where you have to pick between candidates, we're going to try and get as many of those candidates on uh, this week and, and uh, before the primary Uh, as we possibly can. So I hope you'll tune in and uh, get to know who some of the candidates are before you vote, however you vote, whether you fill out an absentee ballot, mail that in, or show up to your polling place in person. Um, We'll try and get this done as early as we can for those of you who are going to be, you know, voting by mail, because you'll, um, obviously that moves the deadline Uh, back from August a little bit. But uh, in any event, thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, And uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about uh, John Bolton's new book with a former White House staffer who knows John Bolton. Mark Everson will be joining us. It's always uh, interesting when he's on the show. Anyway, that's Smoking George Winters, Ticklin' the Ivories. He, too, is uh, from Davison. And... um, He's letting me know it's time to head down the hall to the living room, but I'll be back in the uh, bunker tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock with my co-host Andrea Sutton and your calls at 810-339-8255 for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. 
We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.